we do a show. Live! Hello and welcome to episode number 187 of Grumpy Old Ben's for Wednesday, July 20th, 2022. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where the weather is heating up and black tea matters. And from America's left coast, where I am currently basking in climate change, I'm Ryan Bemrose. Wow, is it warm in Seattle? It is. It is 77 degrees in this house and 78 outside. Wow. That's a big change. Uh, well, the, all the windows are open, so you're not going to have a lot of difference between the two. I'm just saying that I've got I've got a fan pointed at the microphone. So if anybody hears any buzzing, um, then you're bypassing my noise gate somehow. Crank up the AC. Oh, you don't have any. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I have it some days. I don't other days. And hopefully we'll get it. So a permanent fix. Do, do we want to comment on the fact that one eight seven is uh, is the code for murder? No. I mean, you are in Chicago after yes. all. Oh, I am. And my uh, my niece, who works for that uh, big company that everybody buys all their books and other stuff from online, has to go for training to uh, your neck of the woods for five days. And I'm like, keep your head on a swivel, man. <laughs> you know, I, uh, well, the the neighborhood where Amazon has set up uh, used to be all expensive penthouses. And then Amazon bought it all up and converted half the buildings and tore down the other half to put up their new skyscrapers. So it's probably the most upscale part of downtown. But if you walk three blocks in the wrong direction, you're probably going to get shivved by a guy in a tent. Yeah, not fun. But you said the hotel's like a block away. So probably I'm like, they probably knowing Amazon, they'll have security to I, walk I, you yeah. back and forth. I, the, Amazon actually has security who walks the sidewalks between their buildings. See, now that makes sense. Just, I mean, because what are the the cops going to do it? <laughs> no. And that's the problem. This is what I guess what we're coming down to is like individuals need their own security. The companies need their own security. I just covered the story on random thoughts about the. I mean, the only people who don't need security is the public. Well, well according to the uh, to the Hoi Palloi. But we had another attempted mass shooting just outside of indianapolis telling you 187 yeah and this was the most beautiful thing though i mean it's okay it's horrible because the guy i think shot two people before he was able to be stopped but good guy 22 years old with a gun and i'm wondering if he would have had this gun on him otherwise because indiana just passed or just went into effect i should say as of july 1st didn't they just pass constitutional carry they did yeah. July 1st. So just about oh, two oh. weeks. So you're going to say that this was not a mass shooting because there were armed people nearby. No wonder I haven't heard about it. This not only was this guy nearby, he's in the mall. He's shopping with his girlfriend. And all of a sudden this loon, I guess, was hiding out in the bathroom for a while at the food court, but comes out of the bathroom. As one does if one eats food court food. <laughs> yes. Well, see, you know, I mean, food court food could really make people go into a murderous rampage. That's a totally different subject. 
but the guy comes out with his, I'm guessing like AR 15, because that's what everybody uses. It's popular. And he comes out and well, opens it is fire. in fact popular. <laughs> it gets more and more popular. Every time some idiot legislator goes up and says, look at this assault style military rifle. Like, um, no, that's a, that's a plinking rifle. <laughs> it uh-huh. shoots 22. And it's not the most effective, but it's deadly. No question. This guy comes out. And if you haven't heard this story, how long do you think it is between the time he opens fire in the food court and a good Samaritan's first bullet hits him? Uh, I'm going to go with 13 seconds. 15. Oh, that was off. They have security footage of this. And the guy, I mean, really, that this is heroic beyond heroic for a couple of reasons. One. You're just at the mall with your girlfriend hanging out 22. It's like all of a sudden gunfire and you one was like motioning people to get the hell out of the way, pulls out his nine millimeter Glock and fires 10 times at this guy that is opening fire in the food court from 40 Uh, yards. Eight. Oh, wow. Okay. Eight hits out of 10 from 40 yards away. So this is not the first time this guy's fired this pistol. No, let let me tell you the first few times you fire the pistol, you aren't going to hit the, the broadside of a barn from the inside. And when you think about 40 yards, I mean, I was thinking, you know, when we go to the, you know, your normal indoor gun range, you're shooting at the target, which is maybe 20 yards away. I mean, Uh, yeah, well, Forty for, quite for me, it's as close as I can get it because I like being able to hit things. <laughs> the further away it is, the harder it is. I don't spend is. nearly enough time at the range. So it's like the one that was really amazing to have that kind of uh, ability to shoot that well, but it took the bad guy down. And as it's being pointed out in the troll room, and if you're not in the troll room slash chat room when we do these shows, you're missing out, which is trollroom.io or noagendastream.com. The mall itself of course was a gun-free zone but it turns out the management of the mall is okay if you're carrying a gun and you shoot somebody that opened up and uh and was trying to kill a bunch of people at the risk of getting political on this show i know it's unusual um people the 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 kind of people who are are activists and want to uh trust the state with everything will always pull out statistics of how many people died because of guns, et cetera, et cetera. Where are the statistics of how many people have died because of gun free zones? Right. Because nobody points out that you can't magically make the guns go away. And if you take guns away from the people who are honest, law abiding citizens, you're still not taking them away from the murderous criminals. No. And it wasn't illegally carrying. I have no names that he was illegally carrying in the mall. Just because it's a gun free zone does not make it illegal to carry the gun. So you wouldn't go to jail. You could be asked to leave. So, but it's just what I'm wondering is why am I not seeing a bunch of stories about how this guy's another Rittenhouse who is a racist and murdered people? Wait, was the was the shooter even black? I don't. I mean, if not, they'll just make up that that story. But probably not because. Uh, You know, somebody who is completely legally carrying and defending themselves. But if they happen to shoot someone that the narrative demands, I don't know. I'm just like, at at what point do does Joe Biden come out and say that that he, you know, should be tried for murder or something? Well, that's why I was really glad the guy, the bodega worker in New York that stabbed the guy that came in and attacked him and killed him. All charges were now dropped because even the most ardent liberal douchebag DA Alvin Bragg 
realized when the mayor and other people were going, dude, you can't charge this guy for defending himself. <laughs> yeah. It's bringing a little bit of sanity back. But this just shows you what kind of people are in those positions as the district attorneys that George Soros put into place. They're intentionally charging the victims and letting the criminals go. And they're doing it so they can totally destabilize the system because they think in their warped minds that this is the way to make the whole constitution and everything else fall. And then, you know, we can come up with something new. It, it, I consider it fortunate that that, that narrative is starting to collapse. A lot of people are looking at this and going, well, I, I mean, very few people are still connecting it to Soros. That's still the, the domain of the conspiracy theorist, but a lot of people are looking at this and, you know, going, Oh, how did we elect this guy? Uh, he's doing all the wrong things. Right. And that nobody, a lot of people will never even think to go, how much money did he get? Why did he win? Who, yeah, who yeah. gave him a million dollars? You know, I mean, I have to admit when, when looking at, you know, how do you apply pressure in politics? The fact that prosecutors get complete discretion as to, Effectively, what's criminal and not means that that is a really great place to go buy off a a bureaucrat and install your own agenda. Right. Because even if somebody I mean, I don't is like caught, that it happened. Right. They get to decide, oh, you know what? We're never going to win this case, so we're not going to try it. And they could say that for any reason. Yeah. Everybody that is getting off now, it's like, and this is. And they don't have to give a reason. They don't have to justify themselves. They'll just say, well. You know, internally, they could be like, uh, yeah, this guy shot a bunch of people, but they were all right wing. So we're not prosecuting. And due to this, there was a story. I mean, this is no surprise to me living just outside of Chirac, but it's getting some media attention this week just with the reports coming out on how many fewer arrests there are for various things in the city of Chicago over the last year or so, as opposed to beyond that. Oh, and it was statistics. like crazy stuff. Yeah. Statistics, the bane of the woke narrative. Uh-huh. I mean, stuff well, that, accurate statistics, right? Stuff that there was, you know, I forget exactly what the uh, what the offense was. But, you know, two years ago, there were like 8000 arrests on this. Like last year, there were like 700 and something. I mean, it's like by a factor of like one out of 10, well, the it, amount of uh, arrest arrests being made. Or, or prosecutions. Well, this is arrest because this is the domino effect, which is the cops out on the street that go, hey, asshole DA is never going to prosecute this. Why am I going to even arrest him? One, why am I wasting my time? Two, you could get shot even having a traffic stop in Chicago. So if you're like, well, no, they're not. If so, they're not going to prosecute it, then the cops aren't even going after him because why put the guy in the system? fingerprint them take a picture they go ah, go back out on the street you're not going to be what, prosecuted what, what it sounds like you're telling me is that incentives matter yes <laughs> exactly and the police are not incentivized to do a good job at this point. no 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 the the police at this point are incentivized to keep their heads down politically and and don't do anything that would cause anybody to take notice of what they're doing because the popular opinion at least amongst the politicos and media is cops are bad and we're just looking for excuses to get them thrown out or, or defunded yeah and murray in the troll room points out chicago is now going to have a nascar race next year on the streets of chicago and i'm just wondering will there be a uh, carjacking of one yeah. of those cars during the race <laughs> just about to ask that you that know, and and will they tell the public on about the, the cars are they just gonna be like 
eh, people drive like this in Chicago all the time anyway. They'll get out of the way. You won't notice. I mean, and this is over the 4th of July weekend, and part of the track is Lakeshore Drive. So, my God, I'm glad I don't live downtown. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, you just don't go anywhere that day. It's the humanity of it all. But I'm just wondering, you know, if any cars are going to wind up with bullet holes that they didn't notice during the race. Uh, it's not a it's not a good place to to be having a race. I, you know what? That would make the race a whole lot more interesting. NASCAR people don't watch it for for the strategy or the crashes. It's ninety nine percent of the time you're watching NASCAR. It's a whole bunch of cars moving at speeds that are difficult to tell on the long, long range camera shot all gathered in really tight formation. And, and I understand that that takes a lot of skill, but it's not interesting to watch. Why do people watch NASCAR for the crashes? Well, imagine bullets taking out tires in that formation (laughs) that will make NASCAR much more interesting. I mean, then it becomes death race, but People would watch the shit out of that. This is when you're going to have NASCAR drivers like, you know what? I'm okay with doing 200 miles an hour, but driving in (laughs) Chicago, are you nuts? That's just a little too dangerous. It's like these cars can handle going, hitting a wall at a hundred and whatever miles an hour, but driving in Chicago, that hmm, better be bulletproof, man. That's slow those cars down a little bit. If you have to add that kind of weight to it, I I'd rather I'd rather go 200 into the wall at Daytona. Thanks very much. Yes. I have a much better chance of survival. Uh, it's true. Uh, let's let's see. 200 miles an hour at Talladega or commuting the Dan Ryan. Hmm. Let's roll the dice. Right. See, now that's it. They should have them. That's only like a 2.2 mile track. They should add a couple of miles down the Dan Ryan, make it like a four mile loop and really let them take their uh, chances when you're going by the you know the high rises out there off the expressways yeah and then and then the winner is not determined by who can make 500 laps the fastest the winner is determined by who can make 500 laps right alive right that's it you know who how many will survive we don't know all new drivers next week here on, uh, here on nascar it's one way to do it i mean, I just I mean they made a series it. of movies about that called death race where they decided to to spice up prison life by putting them all into vehicles mounted with weapons and driving them around Chicago, I guess. I mean, I just couldn't even believe that this is happening at this point with Chicago. I mean, NASCAR, I get it. They're trying everything. And some of the stuff has been more interesting than others. Like they had a pre season, you know, not points counting race at the beginning of this season where they raced around like a, eighth mile track around which was inside the la coliseum oh wow yeah which is like what do you can can you how fast can you go in that the coliseum's not that big no not very tight turns yes no it it was it was an entertaining show i mean i do okay i do have to hand it to nascar's marketing department though they managed to make a garage pull into uh a great (laughs) story that drew in crowds well which of course uh and I know it'll sound like the old white guy, but to announce this race here in Chicago, who did NASCAR send Bubba Wallace? <laughs> it's like, really? You're sending the one black driver. That's a little too on the nose for me. Like, oh, Bubba. Yeah, you're the guy we need. Go to Chicago. Uh, <laughs> if I were Bubba, I'd be like, hell no. You see what happened to Jesse? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know what happens to black people in Chicago. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with that. It's a not it's not a safe place. And Bubba gets a bad rap. I mean, I, I mean, I get it. I mean, 
you're living in a time where crazy things are going on. NASCAR has been historically a redneck sport, and I say that with love. And, you know, I understand that being outside of the good old boys club coming in, you know, you may not get the same treatment, which I think has been true with uh, in the truck series. They have a few different series in NASCAR, and the truck series is kind of like their double A if you're going by baseball. You know, it's one of the more entry level things, and that is the one that right now has a female driving. It's a 20 uh, year old girl named Haley Deegan who has not really done as well as everybody thought she was going to do. And it's, it's like you question, well, is it because of ability or is it because of the team or is well, she what, getting banged around? Who, who, who are the people who think that just because somebody has different genitals, they'll suddenly do really well? I mean, it's it's still about skill. Which, right. Well, it's uh, like, breasts don't make you a better driver. Some people would argue the opposite. <laughs> I'm not one of those, but I, I'm just saying. A person is a person, and it's awesome that if you can break the gender barrier, right. but that doesn't mean you're automatically going to win unless you're in a Hollywood script. The The woman doesn't win just because she's the only woman in NASCAR. Now, she was taking part in a series that has been racing at like little short tracks. Tony Stewart, who is a NASCAR legend, NASCAR champion, he has started a race series, which is similar to a, a series they ran years ago which this is called the superstar racing experience, which, you know, you could have probably done better with the name, but I just realized this thing exists because one, it's only on CBS who who really watches CBS. And it, from what I was looking up, everything that that network still exists. I, I couldn't believe it. It's like, well, it's on CBS and Paramount plus. And I realized, you know, after like five races of the season, I'm like, well, I'd be interested in seeing, cause it's, the people that are racing in this series are guys that I used to watch in NASCAR, like Bobby Labonte has been racing in there. Tony Stewart, as I said, who also owns the series. So it's good to let the boss race. Um, you know, so there's some big names in there. Al uh, Unser Jr. wants to race next year. Tony Kanaan, you know, there's, so there's people from all sorts of different racing that are taking part. And these are cars that are just prepared for them. So it's not like the teams are a big deal. It's all to put on the show and let these racers race against the best in the business, or in this case, you know, the best that was maybe a little bit past the prime or a little younger than the other. And so I'm like, okay, I go and I, I signed up for a nine 99 a month free week though of Paramount plus. Cause it's like, well, the races are on Paramount plus or CBS. I, it costs nine 99 a month for a free week. Well, no, I was using my free week. Otherwise, it would be then after that. Oh, oh, a trial. Okay. Uh, right. So there was Sorry. a trial and I'm like looking for the racing and I'm like, it, it just doesn't exist. So I start. Can you looking. tell I read way too many terms of service? I always probably think about that. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Oh, I oh, want a free week sorry. with a month. That's nine ninety five yeah. a month. I'll get a free week. And, right. uh, but you can cancel at any time, but we make it really hard Marketing. to cancel usually. Of course. That's how the system goes. But I go in and it's, you know, a horrible just scrolling thing. And I'm looking for the race, looking for the racing, looking for the racing. Because, again, there's there's only like six races a year. So I'm thinking, of course, with the MLB package, I can go watch any game from any team from any day of the season. So that's like 15 games a day going on, which is, you know, lots of content. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm going back to look for these races that have happened, you know, just over the last year. They're like two hours a piece. There's five of them. So it's like 10 hours of content. I'm like, where is it? Where is it? And they start reading online. They don't archive them. 
<laughs> no. Why would anybody want to watch anything old? I, it's I, not I, like Netflix made that a business model or anything. <laughs> it's like, this is content I want to watch. Uh, and so I would just post it onto uh, Twitter as, as one would. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm canceling my seven day free trial in seven minutes because you don't have the content I want to see. And they answer. I mean, again, I love when Twitter representatives answer just totally brain deadly, like, well, you could watch it live when it's on on CBS or Paramount Plus. It's like, I don't want to watch <laughs> it live. I mean, now, right. I don't want to watch yeah. it live. So, I want to watch the races that have happened so you already. Need, you need seven ninety nine a month and a time machine. Right. <laughs> then you can go back and watch them. Well, I mean, the nice thing is with YouTube. I found a couple of different accounts which are just posting the complete races and obviously nobody's of taking course. them down because nobody cares, I guess. Well, or, or they don't or know. Maybe, maybe there's somebody at CBS or Paramount or whatever the hell they're calling themselves now who has a clue about what their customers actually want and is like, well, we're actually getting a much bigger bump by people subscribing because they're able to see this content. So right. we're going to leave it up. I would like to think that's what's happening. It's probably not. No, they're brain dead. So I found the race and I was just really impressed that uh, Haley Deegan, again, 20 years old, female, was racing on a dirt track out in uh, Peavely, Missouri. So out in uh, redneck heaven out here. And she was keeping right up with Tony Stewart and uh, Kenny Schrader, who was another NASCAR legend back in the day, now owns the track in Peavely. So it's all a very incestual thing. You got the guy that owns the series running first, the guy that owns the racetrack running second. And then there was a uh, Haley Deegan, but she obviously has talent and I, and, and wisdom. If she knows to let the boss win, right. Always let the boss win way better way to go. Do not put the boss into the wall. That would also <laughs> yeah. be a really bad idea, <laughs> but it's a fun series. See, that's what racing to me should be, which, I mean, I think they were playing it up a little bit when uh, Tony Stewart was, you know, having arguments and like fights, you know, not physically assaulting anybody. But I think there's a little bit of WW, like the old fashioned. I think they're still doing that in the wrestling where you kind of have the in between the events. You know, you, you've got to keep some drama and you want those kind of things. You want the storylines to watch like, oh, will this guy get back at this guy? What will happen in this? Tune into the next race. Yes. Dra- dramatize people to. I, and you know what? If you've got to fill time for the it, it's just like baseball. The the 90% of time when nothing's happening, the networks learned very early on that you need a talking head to be telling you everything about the system. Well, there's downtime. Right. The shit talking is totally crucial, Sir Spencer. Absolutely right. It is. It's how the sporting should the sporting world should work that way. Well, it's how sports do work, whether or <laughs> not the it, whether or not it's it's advertised or or broadcasted. That's how sports are played. You're competitive. People talk shit when they're competitive. And I can see that, you know, that was the, the roundabout making the point. It's like Bubba Wallace, of course, being, uh, you know, African-American is has a he stands out from the field because of that. Haley Deegan stands out because she's female. And I think both of them probably get uh, a little less love from the drivers around them because, I mean, I mean do you really want to be beaten by a girl? I well, mean, that's uh, uh, OK. So. Uh, First of all, if I'm another driver, do I really want to get beaten by a, a girl or a black guy? I don't know. I don't care if they're good drive. Right. If they're good drivers, then maybe I deserve it. But if I may project a little bit into something I know nothing about, um, do you really want to get 
beat by a prima donna who's getting all the press just because of their identity. Right. Well, that was the I, biggest problem NASCAR fans seem to have with Bubba Wallace. And I don't know. I, I was not following it close enough when he came up to know what his attitude was. You know, so I, I can't really comment on that. I mean, I do know it is a uh, it is a very conservative. They still pray before races, which I like, even if you're not religious. I like the fact that a sport will still stand up and go, hey, before we do this, we're going to have a prayer. And we're going to do the national anthem. So if you don't like that, well, those are basically the same thing, kind of, depending on what they're, you're up. Uh, they're they're both rituals to two different religions, kind of. Yeah, I mean, one's I, real, and one will let's one will send you to hell, and one will uh, maybe send you to uh, Joe Biden's jail. house. Right, <laughs> same thing. So, do, yeah. you, you, okay, you, it's either uh, five years in jail or Joe Biden sniffs your hair. Which would you? Uh, oh my God! You're like jail, jail, please. Jail, please. But I don't know why Sir Spencer wants to hear me say Bobby Labonte over and over again. But Bobby was awesome. Terry Labonte was great back in the day driving the Kellogg's number five. Yeah, you won't you won't hear me trying to pronounce those names. (laughs) Well, they're not that hard. I mean, he likes Dick Trickle, which was the actual name of a guy, which I thought was always great. And was he that hard? Yeah, he could have been. Yeah, he was a damn good racer. Dick Trickle. Real guy. Real legend. Okay, then. Yeah. Now that the show is in the gutter. Thanks, Spencer. (laughs) Well, that's where Spencer takes all of his shows. We like to join him there every now and then. We wallow in it. We enjoy yes. it. Pew, pew, pew. Don't you, you hear that on a few shows? I know that is a, uh, that's kind of, that kind of rubs you the wrong way, the pew pews. I, like I said, I'm, I'm not, it's not a popular opinion amongst podcasters. I just, I was, I don't even know if we should go into this. I was, no, I think we should complaining because I mean, before the show. To grumpy I, I know this is weird tips. that I was complaining. I know. Well, before the show, usually you no wait and you don't ever wait until the show. No, I said that's my secret. I never stop complaining. Oh, it's I, a good one. I mean, it's not really a secret. Oh no, I just did. Okay, so I'm I'm not going to win points with other podcasters in the network for saying this, but let me just come out and say it. Uh, when when you interrupt your show for pew 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 pew, yeah, it uh, first of all. In the short run, it does help with donations. It's what Adam Curry calls closing the loop on the value for value model. It is an important part of it. And whoever whoever distracted the audience of your show by causing a pew pew sound to appear gets a cute little dopamine hit and therefore is more likely to donate again. So the people who donate are likely to donate more. That in the short term does increase donations. And this is definitely a desirable thing. And frankly, by uh, shitting on the practice, I'm probably causing this show to get fewer donations because I hate myself. I don't know what, but I guess what I'm saying is that for all the people who aren't the one who caused the pew, pew, pew to happen, what you're doing is you're creating a distraction in your show and you're, you're reducing the quality of the content because whatever it is you're saying suddenly gets derailed and lost by the pew, pew. Now, if you're the kind of show where you're not saying anything and there's just words coming out and spraying all over the microphone, then I guess you're not harming much. But if you're trying to make a point and, and, and I've like in the last week, I've heard this happen like four times on shows live where, uh, you know, it was in, it happened on behind the schemes. It happened in podcasting 2.0 where somebody was making a very interesting and important point. And right as they paused, pew, and. <laughs> 
just derailed what they were saying. Wait, and Adam, then they, Adam and Dave leave the pew pews on? No, that's it, only during that segment, right? completely derailed Dave. <laughs> Dave was making some point about the technology that I was really interested in and just got derailed by a pew coming in right at that moment. And I'm sitting here going, I wonder if he's ever going to get back to what he was trying to say. And actually, Dave's pretty good at it. But you're, I guess what I'm saying is, uh, you know, that it is absolutely critically important on the value from value model to close the loop and make sure that your show has uh, you that you are encouraging your donors to continue donating because that is the lifeblood of a value for value show. But do not lose sight of rule one, which is you have to start with good content. And so damaging the content of the show by completely causing like if, if a host is making a good point, you don't want a pew to come in and derail them. I agree. If the hosts aren't making any points at all, then honestly, who cares? Have a pew fest. And I'm not going to say which shows are like that. It's a viable segment. If you do it for a segment like, okay, everybody, we're opening up the boostergrams right now. Come on and boost. Then I understand doing that for five or 10 minutes. As long as boostergrams are coming in, you have a little fun with it. But yes, during the show, as you're making a very serious point, like the murder rate in Chicago is going through the pew pew. Oh, oh yeah. You know, it's like that. The ain't. number of people killed in Chicago today is the same as our grumpy pew, old Ben's pew. episode number. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that would be the, yeah, you know, they're getting better in Chicago. They're, they're aiming better. Gun oh, control. Yeah. I mean, that's very important to know how to control your gun. But yeah, it's the, the leaderboards, all this stuff. I mean, it's, it's great oh. on one level of it. And everybody, I think it was boo. That's like, ah, Darren doesn't use the boost bot. It's like, fuck the boost bot. I don't give a shit about wow. the boost bot. Is, is that even an option? Is that a feature? <laughs> Maybe. Is it made of silicon? I don't know. Um, I just don't see the point of playing that game. Well, I'm already being called out and misconstrued in the in the troll room. Already. You are always misunderstood. You are just yeah. you have the soul of a poet. Like Booberry saying, "Lol, stop sending boosts." That's not what I said. In fact, I think sending boosts is extremely valuable. What I don't think is valuable is derailing the show by playing a damn sound live when the boosts come in. Sorry, it just makes me tune out. I know I'm grumpy. Tune in. You deal. That's why you tune into this show, because I'm grumpy, not because we're playing pew pew over me. In fact, if anything is going to interrupt me, it's going to be Darren. But not Gene. But not not Gene. He doesn't do that. (laughs) There could be a totally different sound. And boo, you know, we're kidding. Yeah, because we care. It's just the I I don't get the. uh, The point of having. The boostograms like sprayed onto the troll room or whatever chat room you may be using your mileage may vary or discord or Actually, having I it. Think I'm, I'm going to disagree with you there. I think that having it drop into the chat room is actually a pretty awesome way to display boosts coming in, but then you I don't have significantly, a control. It's significantly better see. than, than, than playing it over the content of the show, I guess is where I'm at. Well, yeah, you're not wrong about that, but I would still like control over. Well, if somebody is like spamming, their website or something by sending in like little boosts then oh yeah as soon as somebody discovers how to use it for marketing right well this is it it's that you have i mean fortunately we don't have any donors to this show who would do that or or just any donors to the show overall well there's that it totally fixes the problem oh that's not that's not actually true and and you know i'm just gonna say it well while it's appropriate content at this very moment um 
We have already had two boosts to this show since we went live this morning. Tom Starkweather, who shows me up and says it's 86 inside with no AC. Ooh. Embrace the sweat. No, I would not embrace the sweat. I would. I, I, I would bad. sweat. I bought I, a portable air conditioner so I didn't have to embrace the sweat, even when the main if, air conditioner goes. If I were sitting sweating in a room with no AC and 86 degrees, I would be complaining about it. Uh, rightfully and, so. Uh, and and Booberry, the, the one who is calling me out for telling people not to boost, uh, says, boost? want a new wrestler to get into? Check out Hunter Jackson as Techno Destructo. I, I don't know see, what any of those words mean. Yeah, that, is that relevant to anything we said? I said WWF <laughs> in the in a correlation. Okay. Now it's WWE though now because they the World Wildlife Federation couldn't have the uh, the same initials I mean for is, wrestling. Is obviously that is appropriate content for this segment of the show because I'm talking about irrelevant content de- detracting from the show. Net net boosting sixty nine thirty three. Since Ryan is complaining about boosts, I'm boosting because I do what I want and you ain't my damn boss of me. I, and NetNed is it may not be a it may not be uh the, the boss or the, he's showing wisdom by ignoring everything we say and doing his own thing. He, he has the wisdom. I mean, you have to be wise if you can live as long as he has in the outskirts of Detroit City, baby. Because I, 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 if you haven't figured it out by listening to this show long enough, uh, you shouldn't take anything we say as gospel. We're not the boss of you. We're not your mom. We're experts, and you need to take that with exactly the right amount of grains of salt. And sometimes we do like to push buttons. Yes, we're good at that. It's figurative, real. It doesn't really matter. Imaginary? We're pounding, we're pounding them. Pounding them buttons. So, did you know that there is fake news on Wikipedia? <gasps> I am shocked, I tell you. Shocked. <laughs> this, this particular one came uh, regarding the Chinese Wikipedia. Just be aware that this sort of thing also happens on other languages. Uh, but apparently a, a, uh, a poster named, why can't I find the name of this? Well, that's uh, a weird name. The poster yeah, was named, do, why can't Chinese. I find the name of this? That's a yeah, Chinese, Chinese name. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't write down the name. So it, uh, you'll look, uh, you'll look it in the article. Anyway, uh, this person had posted more than 200 articles on the Chinese version of Wikipedia, primarily about Russian medieval history. Um, some of these articles were like 10, 20,000 words, the length of a small novel. Uh, they included maps and images of uh where uh, uh uprisings occurred and significant history events and uh pictures of coins that were found by archaeologists and they all had citations most of the citations were of course obscure russian journals and things like that um but the interesting bit about it is that it was completely 100% made up that is fantastic and uh uh, a, a Chinese user named uh, Wikipedia editor, uh, deletionist, the the kind of people who spend their time on Wikipedia That's looking for articles. Weird Chinese to, name, Wikipedia <laughs> ch- named, editor. Now w- went by the name Yifan. Oh, okay. Uh, the the quote was Yifan stumbled onto one of her articles describing a silver mine that provided a source of wealth for Russia in the 14th and 15th centuries while researching for a new book. The article was reportedly so detailed, it included information on the composition of the soil, the structure of the mine, and the refining process used on the silver. But when Yifan tried to fact-check Zhimao's uh, references with Russian speakers, it was revealed that the pages or versions of the books that were cited 
did not exist. So um, after being called out and, and a number of internet sleuths went and found this, Jimao uh, is the person. She admitted that she does not actually have a doctorate in world history from Moscow State University, as showed up in her bio. <laughs> she is a housewife with a high school diploma. Uh, her husband is not a uh, Russian history professor who moved with her to China. He's he's Russian. Um, she is. a. I, I, the only thing I can say is that this person is a very promising novelist. So. Um, basically, the reason I bring this up is because there are still people out there who still think that Linus law is is a thing is valid. Um, are you familiar with Linus or Linus's law? No, that's the guy that's it's, the. It's uh, also called it's also called the many eyeballs theorem or the many eyeballs fallacy. I say, and it says basically, given enough eyeballs, all bugs are shallow, and most open source is predicated on uh, the 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 theory that open source software is automatically more bug free and secure because anybody can look at the source, and if you have enough people looking at the source, people will spot bugs. And then the bugs will be fixed as opposed to closed source where only a few people can see the source and therefore they won't spot bugs. That's the theory. And it's bullshit. The, well, uh, the huh? takeaway is this. Anybody can post things on the Internet. Yeah, that's number one. Number two, everybody lies. And I, in I'm this telling case, the truth right now. I, th- I think the genius is that they're posting about something that you would be like. Well, why would anybody ever waste their time to make that up? Yeah, that's the, because you're writing a novel. Yeah. And you're like, you want people to read it and you want to see what the reaction is, but without telling them that you're writing a novel. And and apparently in, in an interview after being caught, uh, the, the person, she fessed up entirely to it. She said, yeah, I, I, you know, 200 articles. Sure. Yeah. I made them all up. And they're like, well, why didn't you just write a book or something? Well, I couldn't I find a publisher and Wikipedia publishes all my stuff as long as I, I cite sources. <laughs> so it's a way to get your stuff published. I mean, it's not a good way to make money, but it's a way to get your stuff published. And you know what? If if there are any publishers out there looking for the, you know, the medieval Russian genre of fiction, hire this person. Hey, there's there's a. A person that would want to read that somewhere. I guarantee you there's an audience. Yeah. And so Wikipedia, I mean, it, it Wikipedia was also founded on the many eyeballs theory where they think, oh, if enough people look at an article, they'll be able to realize it's fake. But that's not really what happens at Wikipedia. Most of the reviewers there are not trying to determine if the article is correct. And they're sure as hell not uh, checking the sources. What they're doing is they're checking are there sources? Did did you link to something? Oh, okay, that's obscure. I can't be bothered to check it. I'll just believe you. They're looking for plagiarism, and they're looking for any author that might have an even remotely conservative bias so they can delete that. <laughs> yeah, you got to get rid of those people. In fact, they comb through editors' histories. It, I've, I've actually seen where an article that was a perfectly rational thing, uh, was an, an edit made to, that, I mean, it was accurate. It was improved. And the edit was reviewed with the reason, and I don't remember what this was or what what the article was, but the the edit was reverted with the reason 
uh, editors post history shows a conservative bias or something like that. Well, so, that's the world you're living in now. And people on Wikipedia will comb through your, your history. And if you've ever said anything like, Oh, Trump wasn't actually the devil. Then your everything you write from now on is going to be reverted. <laughs> well, but this is exactly the hope for Wikipedia was the same hope that everybody had originally for the internet, which would be like, it would be this great resource of truth and communications. It's like, no, it's a cesspool. Well, of course it's a cesspool. It will never be anything if, but a cesspool. I, okay. So truth is not an inevitable consequence of crowdsourcing. What, what you get. And, and again, this is the, the theory of crowdsourcing is if you let enough people contribute, then the truth will be in there. It will probably be drowning in a sea of garbage. And then you need some filtering, which unfortunately crowdsourcing is terrible at. Very but true. It, yeah. It, anyway. So Wikipedia, um, I, I, working exactly the way Wikipedia is supposed to be working. Somebody went in and managed to. Make a series of articles look so plausible that it stuck around for more than two years. And eventually they're like, yeah, it's fake. Wikipedia has, in fact, banned uh, Gmail's uh, account. And uh, from the from the article that I read, where was this article? Um, and Gadget. Well, should they be said, forcing everybody that writes on Wikipedia to provide their birth certificate and uh, driver's license and whatever else and biometric data? No, for the same reason that I don't think we need, want real identities at Twitter either. Oh, we don't. I thought everybody should be held responsible for their words. Uh, I mean, that would be nice, but it doesn't happen online. No, well, it never will. Anyway, the, so in gadget was what pointed out uh, as Gmail has now been banned from Wikipedia and all of her sock puppet accounts. I'm not even sure what that means. <laughs> I'm guessing the multiple accounts that you would also add to make, you know, add credence to the original account. Well, uh, you think, do you think that happened? I mean, I guess so. Could be, you know, or because that way other people can go in and you can also make adjustments to your own work from another account, which adds even more credence because I, you know, this account, account A posted the main article. Well, then accounts B and C, which are also the same person go in and make adjustments. Well, this is like, wow, this is a thriving community of people that are giving information. So it must be right. I, I would actually consider that a tip off to something being wrong. If there are are multiple people who are experts in this super obscure area, all posting at the same time, be like, those are all the same person. They're like, where's the Ryan Bemrose wiki page. Uh, yeah, I I I, did, I got determined as uh, not notable. I had a page <laughs> nice. way back in the day, but uh, Wikipedia, like within its first couple of years, suffered uh, what I think was a catastrophic failure to its model. And some people think that this is good, but um, early on there was a fight amongst Wikipedia between the inclusionists and the deletionists, who are uh, different camps. The Ultimately, the contention was over the concept of notability and the the latter camp decided that they wanted Wikipedia to be a. An encyclopedia, and in particular, they really wanted to be Britannica or World Book, by the way, when was the last time any of you cracked one of those open? 
but I digress. Yeah. When's the um, last time you saw one? Yeah. I, well, I, there, my, my mom's house has one. Oh, so still has a set. Okay. Has a set. <laughs> but what year was it published is the question. 1984. Oh, see now there, there's a whole, uh, there was a podcast that was doing, wasn't it hog story doing that? That was like looking stuff up in an encyclopedia just to see how much it's changed. I will tell you that that was extremely valuable when my, my parents purchased a full set of world book encyclopedias in 1984. And that was just in our house while I was growing up. And I didn't use them as reference. I read those things cover to cover. I started with a, I read it like a novel page, a page, page go through. And I absorbed so much information. It's one of the ways that I can talk and sound like an expert on any subject whatsoever is because I absorbed a ton of information when my mind was still young and plastic and it just stuck with me. Now, will that get me late at parties? No. Yeah, but that wasn't going to happen anyway. Carolyn Blaney yeah. of Hog Story said it was the Reagan era encyclopedic dictionary. See, I knew they were doing something like that. Okay. That sounds awesome. Which, I mean, it's even better, I guess, with word meanings, because those may have changed more than uh, most things in so, a encyclopedia setting. Early on, when when the wiki format was brand new and people said, yeah, here's here's what you do. We are going to put this up and anybody in the world can put information into it and anybody else in the world can read information. This, for a moment, had the potential to become the full repository of all human knowledge. And uh, like I, the, the point I, I just made about crowdsourcing is crowdsourcing is absolutely a great way to get at the truth in most cases, except when the truth is super obscure or, you know, about Russian medieval information that hasn't been, or that isn't true, but crowdsourcing is terrible at filtering. And uh, the, the group of people at Wikipedia who wanted it to be Encyclopedia Britannica decided to bring in the notability standard. And therefore the only way that something could have an article is if it was notable, which brought forth uh, the number of arguments were epic about, you know, should this page exist or not? And, and you see that even now Wikipedia, should this page exist? Well, it's not notable. And those arguments always happen. And what always bugged me about that is it's just disk space. Right. Why, why do you have to delete it? Oh, because we don't want people to have access to this information because we don't want people to, or because we don't think people want to have access to the information. That's kind of the argument around notability. Well, is, it's notable to somebody because somebody, well, it's notable to the person who place. wrote it. Right. <laughs> At the very least one person it's notable to. Yeah. And, and okay. If, if that is the only person who would ever read it, what's the harm in keeping it? Oh, we've just used some disk space. Yeah, very little. To and? <laughs> yeah, very I, little. I mean, I mean uh, Jimmy Wales is always begging for donations, so maybe they really are hurting for disk space. But maybe if you hadn't neutered your encyclopedia very early on by letting the deletionists remove all of the pages that could have become notable if they had just stayed up, then maybe people would find, uh, I'm, I don't know. Yeah. I don't I, find it be useful at all because of the state that it's in. I mean, I will look it up every, mainly when uh, I'm looking up birthdays, celebrities, or, uh, you know, something about a musician in a band, you're kind of guessing it's right, but it's not 
mission critical. It's not life critical information. I'm looking up. I mean, I yeah, certainly- it's not bad. It's not bad about vital statistics, right? For example, you can find out that Adam Curry is five foot 17, right? No, he's like four foot three, isn't he? I, I don't know. Fake news. They keep changing that around just because Dvorak mentioned that one day. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, because Adam's six foot five. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm not going to look it up right now, but somebody should find out if Mark Pugner has an article. Everybody should have an article. Well, I think everybody should have an article. I think you should have an article. I think I should have an article. I think that that Carblane's 33 should have an article. I think that. If somebody is willing to write an article, then it's important enough to be in and it doesn't have to be Wikipedia. But how weird would it be if we just had a, a well, a, a global repository of knowledge? You mean the Internet? It's a yeah. cesspool. Well, well that that might be it. It's a lot of porn. But when the Internet was decentralized, that kind of, of vision was was accomplishable. I don't know. Then the then you run across the second problem, which is Wikipedia is completely overrun by bias to the point where even if somebody tried to come in and either try to be neutral or have bias the other way, then that person would be driven out and canceled. And so the only people who are active as editors on Wikipedia have to share by, by necessity to not be driven out, have to share the same ideology and, and, and group think. And therefore all of Wikipedia reflects that. So anything that is remotely political, that's a terrible place to go. Well, bias is everywhere. And it was interesting because Larry and I. uh, But you don't fix it by censoring. You fix bias by bringing in more bias. Well, of course. But Larry and. uh, Or on the other side. On the the Planet Rage episode mentioned a book by uh, Bernie Goldberg on Monday. And just as the universe tends to go, then yesterday, a day later on Bill O'Reilly's program, Bernie was on. And he had his, of course, his uh, book right behind him on bias and was talking exactly about the same thing we were and we are now, which is the bias in the media is so one sided that it's nearly impossible to get the truth. And not only that, but the journalists now and again, put that in air quotes, uh, the journalists today, a vast majority of them don't believe it's important to give both sides of a story. No, it's like, well, then you're not a journalist because then you are nothing but somebody that is a talking head that is giving your, you're a, you know, completely a party centric. And that does not get the news across. That does not help the society as a whole, the whole, well, no, I'm just going to give my side. I'm just going to give you the parts of the story that I want to tell you. Like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to mention that it was horrible that these Republicans you know, stole Hunter Biden's laptop, but let's not talk about anything that was found on the laptop. You know, it's like, we're not lying to you, but we're just, we've made progress. They're acknowledging that the laptop exists now. Yes. And that there may be some very inconvenient things on that laptop still yet to come. But of course, all this, well, it's January 6th. We have more stuff coming too. It's like, oh my God, no, you don't. No, you do not. There, it's like let's move beyond this already, but it's it's nearly impossible. I mean, I almost blew a gasket on the random thoughts earlier today, seeing that seventeen Congress critters were arrested protesting in front of the Supreme that, Court. I mean, stop it! They were arrested, and we're we're looking at a good start, right? That was that would be true, <laughs> but I don't understand if you work as a Congress person, if you were elected to Congress. 
Why would you be protesting in front of the Supreme Court? You're the dumb motherfuckers that make the laws. Right. That's all it is. Yeah, because because you want to be seen to be doing something that's far more important than doing something. See, Net Net fell right into it, too. And I mentioned this on today's show because he just posted fake handcuffs. There were no fake handcuffs. This is this is a distraction. This is what morons on the right go to yelling. And I'm not saying you're a moron, Net Net, to be fair. The people on Twitter and stuff that are yelling like, oh, she was AOC was pretending to be handcuffed. It's like, no, one, the Capitol Police are never going to handcuff a congressperson unless they're in the midst of a violent act. She was being arrested because they were blocking traffic. And I'm guessing the cop just said, you know, put your arms behind your back. And there was no fake handcuffs, but this is what all this bullshit. It's like, it's all a distraction. Why does anybody would even talk about that? It's like, the main thing is this is the moron who's part of the group that makes the laws that writes the laws. Why are they protesting the Supreme court? Go make new fucking laws. And this has been a teaser of today's random thoughts. Yes, pretty much. Uh, Cause it drives me nuts. I just can't understand the, the concept here. It's like, do Wait, do the people in Congress not know they're the ones that make the laws? That's the problem with like AOC and uh, Elon Omar. No, the, it's like, do they not realize they're the ones that write the laws? I mean, the, the, the problem is that these people, at least those two that you just named, are not there to make laws. They are there to grab limelight, to become a distraction, to get their name out there, to shout whatever it is that their handlers ask them to shout and to draw all the attention away from other things they are not in washington dc to make laws the only people who make laws are are pelosi and schumer and the people at the top and then uh, you know they they either call for a vote and expect everybody to rubber stamp it or they call for a vote and ram it through the the bottom tier congress critters don't have anything to do with making laws So if they want to continue to be a Congress critter for the next 40 years, which is how long you have to put in that position before you get to be one of the people making laws, then you have to get your name out and you have to make news and you have to make waves and saying yay or nay on a vote, which is literally their only job, does not get you in the newspaper. So, yeah, if you want if you want people to notice you and remember your name so that you can, you know. In in the case of some, so that you can get reelected in the case of others, because your handlers told you to, then you have to go out and do something outrageous so that you get a camera pointed at you. Right. And the people that buy into the theater are not doing anything to help forward a real discussion, you know, like things like, oh, you know, Congress, they're about to vote on uh, a bunch of subsidies for chip makers. And, you know, Nancy Pelosi's husband just bought millions of dollars worth of chip stocks. But, you know, that's perfectly fine insider trading no it's not gambling going on you know they don't talk to each other ryan they he had no she has no idea what he's doing no doubt he's got no idea what she's doing so it's okay oh i mean i would argue i I would believe that she has no idea what she's doing (laughs) yeah nancy and uh, joe has no idea what anyone's doing wouldn't you love to hear a conversation between nancy pelosi Joe Biden and AOC, just they're like the brain trust, just sitting together. I imagine there would be a lot of shouting. <laughs> <laughs> I would, would you I, know what? I, I would pay to watch that show. I, I get the impression, given the composition of the Democrat Party as an unholy alliance between the progressive, the far left progressive, and the moderate left liberals, and 
the elites trying to run things and uh, a demented zombie at the top. You just know that even when they all go on camera and smile for the camera and everything's hunky dory, that they fucking hate each (laughs) other in the back room. Yeah. Yeah. But Nancy's family's made a lot of money on the information that she's not giving her husband to to buy stocks. Right. It's amazing. But it's all virtue signaling and it's too much of it takes up the time. Uh, what's a am- new cycle? What, what's amazing is that that insider trading is completely legal. You know, somebody should pass a law making it illegal for Congress to do illegal things. Congress, <laughs> get on passing that law. Well, you know, they they themselves cannot buy stocks, but their spouse can. And that needs to be changed because, again, we, we're, we're really just morons. Anybody that believes that the husband or wife of a senator or House of Representatives person is not getting information that could help them financially well i I mean i don't think that would work because if you say the spouse can't then they'll find they'll just keep finding it'll be it'll be a a sister-in-law it'll be a a mistress or uh, an aide or uh, i mean they can come up with as many sock puppet accounts as they need so you're with me on term limits which there should be like eight years for senators Eight years, you know, you were aghast the first time I brought up term limits on this show. No, I wasn't. I've I think, always been for term limits. No, I think part of the reason you were aghast was that I was saying that they should probably be enforced with capital punishment. <laughs> well, you just can't run again. I don't know. I, but I get no, not if you've been shut up on the firing line, <laughs> then you can't run again. That's a great idea. You know, it's a very, very final solution. Yeah. Well, yeah, your, your solution to term limits was at the end of your term, we kill you. And no, no beginning. <laughs> Wait, that's gonna- that would you would you would have so many fewer bad laws if we just used capital punishment at the beginning of every congressional term. Ah, the guillotine like, for you. Four hundred thirty-five people get elected. Line them up. It should just be like a big old uh, game show where um, you know, even if, even if it wasn't everybody, it's like okay, you're gonna get to do this job. You're going to be paid really well. You're gonna be able to make millions of dollars because of insider trading. That'll go to your next of kin. Right. Once, but no, like once a year, we spin the wheel of meat and one of your names comes up and that's it. You're, you're walking the plank. Or, or, uh, how about, uh, you get to, you get to submit one piece of legislation and then you're done. Something like that. I don't know. Well, yeah, there, there has to be more in the terms of, uh, although then AOC could live forever because she's never going to put any legislation forward. Are you kidding? They're the, wasn't her name her name's been on so many committee written greeny progressive garbage bills well you know the green stuff is very important which is why everybody is happy to be paying when we stopped for gas yesterday over 80 bucks to fill up a tank on the buick uh and that's just a little car not uh yeah isn't it down from like three weeks ago though barely every i mean yeah it's barely down but i saw a local news article that it was a huge win for Biden <laughs> that he decided to to lower, you know, he he managed to personally lower the price by like 10 cents a gallon. Yeah. Even though it's and, up like five bucks a gallon. Well, I got it yeah, down. So so up five down 10 cents. It's it's it, a win. But the, but remember, um, a president can't control the price of gas unless you're when it's going Trump. up. Right. Well, unless you're Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. Well, and it was his fault entirely. But Joe Biden can't do any. Joe Biden's the guy that said Larry pulled the clip on that Larry show the other day. He said anybody that had over 200,000 deaths 
from COVID should not be president. Well, Joe, you've got like over 600,000 now. Does Joe know what world he's in? I don't think he does. And where are these statistics coming from? Because I bet I could find a a credible expert willing to say more and less. Probably. Yeah. Everybody, you can lie with statistics. Ask Bill Gates. Absolutely. That's the favorite of all these. If you want my my honest recommendation for something that would definitely improve the type of crap that goes on from Congress, um, here's a modest one that I'll just let you chew over for a moment. I don't we don't have to discuss Uh, every bill, every law, everything that gets signed into law automatically without exception. You can't write into the bill an exception to this sunsets after 10 years, 20 years, some amount of time. So the really important laws, you just have to keep passing every 20 years and all of the bullshit, stupid laws, the ones that stay on the books for 150 years that say you're not allowed to have sex with a crocodile at noon in St. Louis. Well, that is dangerous to be in St. Louis. Having sex with a crocodile at noon in other cities, though, probably fine. Well, you're a lot safer if you have the crocodile with you in St. Louis, though. (laughs) It's it's, less chance you're going to get mugged. Something like that. Anyway, those those laws would go away and the laws, like, I mean, there are some really important laws and and everybody is instantly going to be like, wait, you mean that after 20 years, murder wouldn't be illegal anymore? Well, no, because if you have a functioning government in Congress, they'll repass that one. Anyway, you think we have uh, a functioning <laughs> Congress? No, we don't. And and. And my suggestion, if implemented with our current government today, would probably lead to a complete collapse of the whole system. But since that's where we're headed anyway, at least this would be interesting. Well, that was the goal. And everybody thought that was nuts back in the late 60s, early 70s with the weather underground, that it was crash the system. And nobody ever thought it could happen. But they methodically went and there was a few things that have made major changes. And that was. The people with the radical leanings overall have taken over the schools, which if you got the kids, I mean, wasn't that the uh, Hitler youth thing? You know, if we got the kids, we don't really yes, need the Hitler parents. Yeah, there you go. Hitler Yugen. It's the Hitler youth. The uh, <laughs> And you, Spencer is letting us know we're being live fact checked from the troll room. It is, in fact, illegal in St. Louis or Bemrose, but they don't enforce it. Oh, well, see, that's nice. St. Louis, you can get some good barbecue. They probably will barbecue a few crocodiles for you, too, if you'd like. As long as you haven't had sex with them. Well, yeah, that goes without saying. Or maybe (laughs) specifically if you had. I don't know what they're into in St. Louis. It's hard to tell. St. Louis is a little bit out there. Spencer can tell us one way or the other what's going on. But they took over the youth by taking over the education system. And they took over the media. You take over. What's being taught to the children of a country and you take over the media that is reporting the news and air quotes to a country, you have way more power than uh, you should have. Than you deserve. Yes. Yeah. Because well, people and believe I, it. If, if there's anything good coming out of the system collapsing right now, it's that a great many people who are in the vastly majority category of we don't want to know what's going on. Don't bother me with it. I just want to live my life. Leave me the hell alone. And uh, it's probably it'll work itself out. Are starting to realize that it's not working itself out. And the more of those that 
start to realize that, hey, you know, the things that made this company or country all right and the things that that are of benefit to the average normal person who just wants to live their lives and doesn't want to think about politics are we're getting screwed here. And if enough of that happens, then uh, I mean, there's a couple ways it can go. Ideally, we get some kind of a peaceful resolution where we throw out all of the corrupt prosecutors and and we recall all of the corrupt governors and and we, you know, allow the you know, we, we deny adrenochrome to all the corrupt Congress people. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but the alternative is another American revolution, which is a little scary. Well, May you live in interesting times. Yes, we, we do live in interesting times. And I believe that because of the little devices, because of the phones and tablets and that it has been very easy for people to check out into another reality yeah. long before there's any of these, uh, you know, meta virtual reality worlds going on. Bread and circuses. Everybody's everybody's carrying the Roman Colosseum with them today. Yes. You have everything you want right there at your fingertips. You can communicate with anybody, but you can bury your head in the sand as long as the bills are still being paid. And because when you go and fill up your car now, it is three times what it was a year or so ago, maybe a little less than that, but it's it's way up. The food costs way up. So you're seeing your grocery yeah. bill go up. I mean, well, groceries are more expensive, but I will point out that at least the quality is way down. <laughs> See, there you go. The portion sizes smaller. The quality is worse, but at least we get to pay more. Right. Yes. And people notice this. This is something that you can't uh, hide because here's the dirty secret that's been going on. Even when times are good. And maybe especially when times are good, most people will live exactly within their means. So if you make a thousand dollars a month, you're spending a thousand dollars a month. Paycheck to paycheck is the term that I always knew it as. Yes. And now if you were treading water before and everything was great, well, now all of a sudden, you know, you're going, if that was a thousand bucks a week, now you're spending 1300, 1400 a week and that extra 400 isn't there. So you're putting it on a credit card. So in a couple of years, if that you're going to have $50,000 in credit card debt and you'd be like, huh, this ain't good. Oh, don't worry. That debt will be erased by inflation. Well, see that this is where, uh, this is where the revolution happens because this is where people, I think finally then had enough all of this, you know, Hey, we're going to forgive all of these debts of the student debt, which is, I, again, I think people should be responsible for their own stuff. I think you should pay your own way. I think you should work if you have the ability to do so. And people are not guaranteed a good life in the United States, but they have a chance to have a good life, which is why it always just blows my mind. That, that That's not what they promised in the college brochure. Right. They promised me that I could fuck Adriana Lima. I know. And that still hasn't happened. I'm waiting. Does she not have my address? I don't know. No, she's just afraid of Chicago. (laughs) I know. And she came from uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil, where the violence used to be what Chicago is today. I don't know. Maybe they've cleared that up in in Brazil. Because that used to be, you'd see the stories of guys just like on their little motorbikes going up and down the streets with the AR-15s in hand. I mean, this even Chicago, you don't see that yet. I mean, we at least hide our guns in the cars before we do the drive-bys. 
you don't go out and bike with the guns yeah. in plain sight. But There's it's okay. A, another another line from the troll room. 18-year-olds aren't old enough to decide on taking a mortgage on their education. Um, that's from Carblanes. And I would point out that uh, um, that if you're 18, then you've been old enough to decide your gender for 10 years. So right. uh, how... <laughs> Sorry, that's that's rhetoric. <laughs> it is, but it makes a valid point. Just like there was this woman before a house committee, a professor. We brought a clip on Planet Rage that was like, oh, no, by you even questioning transgender, you are bringing violence to them. And she's like, you know, one out of five transgender people attempt suicide. And it's like, well, do you not think that maybe you should really look at this whole transgender thing and question if. 20% at least of the people that are doing this should be doing it if they try to kill themselves after doing it. That's a pretty big number. And it's you know, like what, the people on the left are not really concerned with the well-being and welfare of people. They're just looking for a political win and we're all fucking pawns. You know, if you are watching the 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 mainstream narrative or or looking at the brochures from the trans community, whoever the hell that is. Uh, there is one term you're probably never going to be introduced to, but it's becoming a pretty big thing called detransitioning. Are you familiar with this one? Yes. And it's very hard to do that if you've got your pee pee off. Uh, well, you're not going to grow it back. That much is sure. <laughs> Medical science has oh, not gotten or, us there yet. Or if, if you're going the other way and you decided because your teacher made it look glamorous and, and the in thing to do that you decided to just have your boobs cut off before they grow in before puberty. They're not growing back either. No, these are permanent changes and letting children make them not a good idea. 18 I, years old. You're still not sure. Well, 18 years old, you're still a little bit stupid, but that is the age that we as a society have decided that you're old enough to do most of the things that are considered adult. With the exceptions of drinking and apparently now owning a gun. Right. But you can vote, but you can't. Yeah. You can't drink. You can't. You, you can. You can vote to elect Democrats. They they want you to. <laughs> they want eight year olds to vote to elect Democrats as long as you're. But and the more drugs you you're on, the more likely you are to vote that way. Yeah, I, I actually brought information on. Uh, two different state bills to show just how incredibly divided we are as a country uh, with regards, well, with regards to everything, but these in particular are with regards to children transitioning. Um, the two bills, the first one is SB 107 from California, which they call the quote trans refuge bill, uh, which offers sex hormones, puberty blockers and surgery to all children in or out of California. They have patterned it based on sanctuary laws. They want uh, California to become a sanctuary for people who are not allowed to transition before puberty uh, in other states. They can come to California. Um, this wow. law in particular prevents California courts from declining a case due to lack of jurisdiction. Um, it authorized California courts to, quote, remove a child from their parent or guardian based on that parent or guardian allowing their child to re receive gender affirming health care. Um, wow. I didn't, didn't paraphrase that very well, but yeah, uh, what it means is, um, a California court can now, if, if you live in not California, say you're in Nevada 
or Missouri or Florida and your kid travels to California, maybe because uh, an uncle or a teacher took them there for the purpose of getting their genitals chopped off, then the state of California now the courts are no longer allowed to refuse the case because you're not from California. And more importantly, courts are authorized to issue an emergency injunction that, uh, oh, I have a quote. A court of this state has temporary emergency jurisdiction if the child is present in this state and it is necessary in an emergency to protect the child because the child has been unable to obtain gender affirming health care or gender affirming mental health care in their state of origin. Wow. I mean, so, the people in California are absolutely sick for the people that they've elected. Now, to be clear, this is not yet a law. It is uh, a Senate bill in California. Um, I don't know what its current status is, but it's a recent bill, so it probably hasn't gone very far. Knowing California, they just might pass that shit. Yeah, but, you want to talk about protecting children. This is all doing the exact opposite. So here all is doing the exact opposite. And, and by the way, the of course, the people who wrote the bill say that it is for the purpose of protecting children that they wrote it. I have a second bill. This one actually was from Idaho back in March. Um, it is a bill which the authors of the bill say is to protect the children. Uh, this one is a little bit more uh, simple. It says um, performing genital surgery on children is a felony and transporting your child out of state for genital surgery is also a felony. Hey, Idaho, you sound like you know what you're doing. Idaho, this passed the Idaho House in March. It has had no movement since it. Uh, it is stuck in a Senate committee and may and probably won't ever move from there. But that was that. That's what you get from the other side. Um, well, that's actually I, prote- trying to protect the children. So I read a bunch of stories on both of these, and I wanted to pull some some uh, terms. These all of these terms are talking about exactly the same process. Um, Idaho Press. Dot com calls it gender care. Uh, Washington Post calls it gender affirming care. Um, the text of the California bill has the text critical gender affirming health care. Um, ChristianPost.com calls it experimental gender medicalization. And the text of the Idaho bill calls it genital mutilation, mutilation of a child. And these are all talking about exactly the same process. Well, this is why we have to change the definitions of words. We have to make it sound pretty when we're going to mutilate children. Uh, So I it's cringeworthy. It really is that this is even hitting the floor of any state to pass a law regarding, well, the making sure it can happen. I applaud the states that are trying to make it illegal. This is one of these laws you're like. Well, no, we don't need that law because who the hell would try to do that? Well, now we have a bunch of people trying to do exactly that. I have found statistics that are, uh, I would say they're probably in the ballpark uh, that say that um, in in today's society, approximately maybe 3% of people are actually homosexual. That that sounds probably about right. And approximately one half of 1% of people um, honestly believe in their brain chemistry that they are trapped in the body of the wrong gender. And I believe that there are people like that. I don't know if it's half of 1% or, or a, a 20th of 1% or if it, you know, or if it's 10%, I don't think that's true. 
but I believe that there are people like that. In fact, one of my, one of my close friends, uh, did a male to female transition about five years ago and she has never been happier in her life. Although getting out of a bad marriage might've had something to do with it. Um, but the thing that bugs me the most about, I'm not going to say that nobody should ever have surgery to do what they want. I, you know, if, if we allow people to get piercings and tattoos, then uh, it's, it's, it goes back to bodily autonomy. If you really decide that you want to, you know, get your boobs cut off or, or have your penis inverted or whatever, America should be a free country. And if you are absolutely certain and you have come to the rational decision that that's what you need to do, it's your decision. Now, uh, my friend was an adult when she did this. And, and that's the trick is doing this to children who can't make their own decision, I think is a really scary concept. But the things that bug me the most about the whole thing, first of all, is that the medical industry is absolutely fucking cashing in. And there's a lot of corruption out there. Um, my friend had, uh, she, she went through the, the bottom surgery but apparently in, in some percentage of cases, um, no matter what you do, no matter how much you dilate, things start closing up. And now they're saying, well, you know, you would, the only way it would work is if you get the surgery again. And unfortunately your insurance won't cover it a second time. So, uh, that'll be $30,000 or something like that. And this is taking advantage of people, but more the thing that bugs me even more, and I don't know if I've lost you because you you you're either completely dazed by what I'm saying or no, I'm, I'm just transfixed okay. by this whole story because okay. you know you're I'm totally with you on the fact that as an adult you should be able to decide to do whatever you want to do. But if this happened about five years ago, a friend of yours, I'm guessing like at least thirty before going along with this, or at least in that yeah. range. Which well, in in her case, uh, it, she knew from at least college that this was where she wanted to be, but it was not publicly acceptable until only a few years ago. Well, I think and, it makes sense, to, you know, even at that to say, you know, everybody goes through different. Now everybody thinks they're sure about a lot of things. And sometimes you are, but it's like, just understand you want to be old enough to comprehend that. No going back means no going back. Well, you, you have to be able to comprehend that. And what old enough is, is not just a number. It's, it's more like, are you capable of making a rational decision? And do you have all of the right information? And I would contend that a five-year-old is not capable of reaching that state. No, but the, I mean, it is, it is a tragic shame that for the people who genuinely do, you, you are far, far more successful passing if you have, you know, if, if you want to pass as a female, you are far more successful if you haven't gone through male puberty. And it is a tragic shame that, it, you know, it, the, what we're arguing here is that you have to be old enough to go through puberty before you are capable of making that decision. But puberty isn't just about the shape of your body. Puberty isn't just about where you have body hair or whether or not you grow boobs. Puberty is also a process of, of making mental connections and becoming responsible in your head. And that responsibility I genuinely think is necessary before you're going to be able to make 
a life-changing decision like this without regrets. And it's awful that our current level of technology means that, you know, if you went through male puberty, you're always going to have big hands. That's, it's unfortunate. And maybe medical technology will improve. Maybe when, you know, Elon Musk starts injecting nanites in all of us or (laughs) nano things that, that can restructure your bones from the inside out. Not that that'll ever be used for, for bad or evil, but maybe technology will progress. We're not there and it's, it's tragedy, but I consider it a much larger tragedy that we have a a, a system. And I'm going to point the hand, the finger at, at a lot of teachers here and uh, you know, a lot of really, really misguided parents who are saying, well, being a gender other than you were born with is the cool thing to do. And you want to be cool. Don't you kid? Because kids with their little kid brains want to fit in and they want to do what's cool and they want it's it's human nature to want to conform because that's how you become a member of a society. It's kids are hardwired to do what their role models and elders say. And we're putting role models and elders who are saying mutilate yourself and kids are mutilating themselves, not because they genuinely were born into the wrong body, but because it was the hip thing to do at the time. And you think that, you know, people in their 70s regret getting full body tattoos now that they're all saggy. Just the the amount of regret out there for having bits of yourself chopped off is incredible. There are now documentaries and stories about detransitioning people who went ahead and had hormones or surgery and are trying to go back because they realize it's not for them. And there's no going back. They are. They are traumatized, they're mutilated, they are mentally fucked up, and they are getting zero support from the trans community who were so gung-ho about pushing them toward transitioning in the first place. Right, because if you're not on our team, we don't like you. That's, I mean, this is the insanity of all of this stuff. It's not about the well-being of an individual person. It is the crowd mob mentality. And in this case, when you have people that have access to your kids, whether it's a teacher or whoever, that pushes this kind of stuff that's criminal because even if that person is gay or trans or whatever and they want to push that lifestyle on somebody like you don't know what's right for the individual person and you're seeing with 20 percent, and that's probably a low number of people that have gone through some of the trans and like then go oh i'm uh i'm going to try to commit suicide so obviously not really happy with what's going on nobody goes and looks at the reasoning behind it I mean, I would rather, and maybe it sounds like tough love, but for until somebody's 18 years old, I want people continually telling them, no, you can't do that. No, you shouldn't do that. You know, even if it is uh, softened a little bit with, you know, until you're an adult, oh, little Timmy, well, you know what? You want to be little Jimmy, Janie? Well, that's great, but no, you're still a, you know, adolescent. You don't have the ability to make this choice yet. And if you want to do that, you can, but it's later on. In the game, I saw an interview with somebody that was going through the detransitioning and the types of things she was talking about that was prevalent, especially on social media, which, again, another reason why social media is completely toxic. (laughs) It is, which is like, oh, there were things like, oh, you don't like the way you sound when you hear yourself 
recorded. You know, if you hear your voice played back, you don't like the way you sound. Oh, you might be trans. Oh, you don't like your body. Wait, oh, you might you be trans. Are you saying I'm trans? You might be because I know you don't like the way you sound. I don't like the way I sound and my body is definitely far more out of shape than I want it to be. So I must be trans. Right. Well, this is the kind of stuff that is being used to push this kind of ideology. And I mean, I appreciate the people like Caitlyn Jenner who have gone through it and are like, this isn't for everybody. This isn't shit that should be pushed on our kids. This isn't when it comes to competing in sports. I mean, a trans woman is not the same as a woman as much as people want to you know, say it is. There are differences and they'll look to people that have gone through this and learn from them. Anybody that's telling you anything when you're having a life altering surgery is all pie in the sky and there's no negatives run away from them because they are not telling you the truth. And it may be right for you if somebody wants to do that, but it's like also understand that you can't make that decision at 12 or 15. I don't know if you could even make it at 18, but I, I, I again, don't think that there's an arbitrary age, but I, I think that it is. Well, I think 18 year olds 50 years ago, we're way more able to make decisions yeah. than 18 year olds. Well, today. yeah, I, the 30, 38 year olds today are not really making great decisions no. <laughs> because we live in the society of, oh, everybody gets a trophy and don't worry. There's no repercussions. You'll be bailed out if something goes bad. You can't get bailed out of this. And if you, people would have looked at the underlying cause for a lot of these people, it wasn't that they really were trans. They were unhappy with something else. And maybe they could have been spared the pain of going through something only to realize. And this is, I think, the main thing that happens is, well, I really don't feel whole or I don't feel right as a person. But if I do this, I will. And people tell you, oh, yeah, you're going to feel great after you do it. And you go through that and you're like, wait, I still feel the same way. You know, the same argument is used to get people on drugs. Right here. You love it. It's great. You know, I, I don't. I don't feel whole. I don't feel right. Oh, okay. Here, try some meth. Oh, I feel great now. <laughs> oh, some, now I regret it. Try some Adderall, whatever. Uh, oh, 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 uh huh. I told you. I told you. I tried Adderall once. And the it, world was it, never the same since. Oh no, no. It, it just the Adderall came up on was it No Agenda the other day or it was another podcast I was listening to where uh, somebody was talking about you know, Adderall being used for. A behavioral modification, which is kind of what it's always been. Right. And uh, well, again, my, my story Democrat. with that is that that I, you know, I do, in fact, uh, well, I wouldn't say I suffer from ADD, but I do enjoy every moment of it, except for the parts where I forget. But I went to a doctor and said, you know, what can I do about this? And of course, being in the medical system of today, the first thing they said was, here's some drugs. And so I tried Adderall for one week. And my wife came to me and said, you know, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but the stuff is changing your personality. Cold fucking turkey. Right there. No, we're not doing that. It rewires but, the brain. There's no question it rewires the brain. But, you know, kids don't always have the same insight to be able to realize that. And parents, uh, let's face it, a lot of these 35-year-old retards who've never been an adult in their life are now generating new human beings and being terrible parents. Not all of them. Some of them are great parents, but there's a lot of people who should not be parents and are creating new humans. And it, a kid, if you've ever seen 
a kid and it doesn't matter who, you know, back in the eighties, when, when we didn't know what Adderall and Ritalin really were, they were just starting to get prescribed all over the place, eighties and nineties. I've seen plenty of kids the before and after they are different fucking human beings. And that's, that's a dangerous drug. Well, it is because this is also the mentality then for parents that put their kids on Adderall and all of a sudden little Jimmy or Janie is getting better grades and everything. They're like, Oh, we've improved our kid. Yeah, but it's not little Janie anymore. It's a fucking pod person. Right. Yeah. But these are the same people. Then when little Jimmy or little Janie comes and say, I'm, I'm, I'm not happy with my body. I want to be the other sex. Then those are the parents that go, Oh, well, there's a, there's, there's gotta be a medical intervention for that. Or, or the people who don't even ask the kid, they're like, you know, I don't like you acting out and therefore I'm going to put you on Ritalin or, or uh, what, what is it? Uh, Prozac or whatever the hell. I don't I don't even know what all the drugs do. Cause I don't do them. Mix them all but, together. See what happens. Yeah. But, but I mean, the, like parents who want designer kids, they're like, well, you know, in my social circle, all of my friends, kids are well-behaved and docile and my kid acts out. So let's get some more drugs to make my kid docile too. Sorry. That is a bad parent. Wait, did you act out as a kid? I, I, I just acted out in didn't matter. <laughs> it was going whatever way it was full foot to the floor going down. Let, let's just say that being, being grumpy and ranty is, is not a new thing since puberty for me. Yeah. And uh, my, my parents used to say I was born 40. Uh, Emily in the troll room says, thank you for talking this out like concerned adults. And I, this is what we need more of is people talking yeah. it out like concerned is, adults. And is this the part where we should mention that neither one of us is actually a parent? Well, this is why it's way easier to make these uh, make these judgments. And I say that all the time on the various shows when I talk about social media and parents putting the, you know, letting their kids have the devices like, you know, I get it. I don't have a kid, so it's harder for me to. Uh, say I wouldn't give into the peer pressure in that, but I think it also gives me a clearer understanding of the dangers that are out there. And there's nothing like sugarcoating it because I don't care. I'm not trying to placate my kid and be like, oh, I want you to be like everybody else and have the latest iPhone and all of this. And, you know, you look at it from a more, I think, logical standpoint because you take the emotional bias out. Like we don't have kids, but we can tell you that the internet and social media is bad for this reason, this reason, this reason. Yeah. We can tell you that mutilating your body is going to be bad for this reason, this reason, and this reason. And we're not saying you shouldn't do it. We're saying there, wait until you're an adult. There, There is an objectivity that you can get by judging other people's kids that you just can't get with your own kids because of the emotional attachment. Right. I absolutely. And, and that agree. might not always be a good thing, but it does. It does mean that we're in fact more objective. There was a, uh, I saw an article the other day that pointed to a Reddit, which I know Reddit's great. That was talking about a TikTok. Reddit account. was great 15 years ago. Everything was great 15 <laughs> years ago. Back when Aaron Schwartz was running things, they, it was pretty damn good. But this was in regards to a TikTok account of, I think it was a British woman who had a three-year-old daughter and she was constantly putting videos up of her daughter. And you're seeing which ones, of course, are getting, I guess you can save things on TikTok. I wasn't even aware of that. But you were seeing that the ones that were getting the most traction were the ones where the daughter was maybe being sexualized a way bit too much for three years old. <gasps> How Netflix. I know. It's very cuties, I think. And 
you know, you wonder like what kind of parent would do. I mean, forget the fact that maybe the parent started this out. Maybe the parent has no idea. They're just like, isn't this cute? Little Janie's taking a bath. But what kind of parent this would have been like in our day because they had video cameras kind of, you know, well, not when I was three. I mean, you had to have like it would be like the old uh, nine millimeter and stuff. So it was much harder to do home movies. But this I was I was probably 10 when we got our first tape recorder. It was it was like, you know. Uh, 600 total pixels or something. It was like one, yes. 150 by 200 and, and use the, the giant VHS tape. So yes, you know, I but, mean, at least if somebody, you know, if, if you filmed a crime, you could beat someone to death with the camera. Cause it was huge, but no, okay. It's not nine millimeter. What was it? The, uh, the, what were the old video cameras? Nine millimeters. I know are guns, but there was, a, was some millimeter rating to the, uh, I mean, I, I know I'm old, yeah. but uh, eight millimeter. Well, the, that's yeah, eight millimeter was the smaller tapes. You add one more millimeter and you have a lot more fun. I'll tell you that. Yeah. But I, this would be like in our day, your parent like videotaping everything you did and putting it out in a public forum. It's like, I don't even understand the reasoning behind this. I I think the parents opening themselves up to a lawsuit of a kid that is going to be mentally scarred from this shit and go, I didn't, I didn't give you my permission to put me on TikTok. You know, this is this is some interesting law stuff that'll be coming up, but it's also some yeah. interesting parenting stuff where it's like it's bad enough when you give your idiotic eight year old kid a device and they go on and try the blackout challenge and kill themselves. Well, it's even worse when you're exploiting a three year old by posting videos constantly that you kind of have to know at some point with the amount of traffic they're getting that, you know, Pedo Pete is the one downloading the stuff. I, you you just reminded me of something completely irrelevant. So of course I'm going to bring it to the show. That's hey, this um, is the way this, that's our, that's our formula. I don't, I don't know if you saw this. There was a meme that floated around in the last week or so uh, of the, the guy who is now 30, 30 something years old. The Nirvana who guy was the kid on the cover of Nirvana's nevermind album. Oh yeah. And I was, I, I speaking of, you know, back then, I mean, that was that, that, that album cover was straight up child porn. and. I, I, if it was me, I don't think I'd ever pose with that picture, but I guess <laughs> in, in the internet age, anything for a little bit of fame. <laughs> well, I mean, this was it. Cause then he claimed all sorts of, uh, mental anguish, but he had the freaking image tattooed to himself. <laughs> that would give me mental anguish. Yeah. Like it, if, if I were really this stupid. And it's like, really, at that age, nobody to myself. This isn't embarrassing. This is not, you know, like these high school kids that get faked into sending out a nudie to somebody on TikTok or Instagram and then kill themselves when they try to come back and extort them. Nobody would have ever known you were this kid. Nobody can tell who you are. And I I don't know. I think that's still a badge of honor. If if I was that kid, I would be telling everybody I ever met, like, ever see that Nirvana cover? (laughs) That's me, man. That is me. I, I don't know that I'd be proud of it. Then again, you know, I back even back then I downloaded all my albums, so I never saw the cover art. I was just listening to it. I liked the album. It was a good album. Good album. Nirvana made a good noise back in the day. Yeah. And and and, and theoretically, there were even lyrics on that album, although I don't think anyone's ever heard them or, or worked it out what they are. Let's <laughs> say uh, the words sound jumbled in his jaw, as uh, Todd Snyder would say. Yes. Or or as Weird Al says. It's hard to sound out all the vowels with all these marbles in my mouth. It's very true. <laughs> I can't wait for the Weird Al uh, ep- epic to come out. I think it's going to be on Hulu. They're they're doing that. It does like, look good. Yeah, 
I mean, even though it's Harry Potter playing Weird Al. I, I, I can work with that. You know what? He he's come a long way from Harry Potter. He there's a lot of child actors who will play one iconic role and then, uh, you know, that defines their entire career and they just keep trying to get back there. No, Radcliffe went off and and first thing he did was he got away from the major studios. He went to smaller studios, so he's not in a bunch of huge stuff, but he is doing the kind of stuff he wants to do. And some of it is some super off the wall stuff, like one where he literally over the course of the movie turns into Satan or something like that and, <laughs> and has all of the prosthetics and horns and stuff. Uh, that that was an interesting move. He is telling mo- stories in movies that he wants to do. And I have so much respect for him to uh, for doing that. So is he the new Bill Murray? Is this kind of where he's just doing whatever the hell he wants? And uh, well, except I don't think Radcliffe is a total dickhead. <laughs> maybe not yet. I mean, maybe not yet. Maybe he has to become as old as Bill Murray first. Maybe. I mean, that's what Bill Murray. I, I kind of appreciate what he does. And uh, I mean, hey, it's OK to be a dick sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes. Wait, what? What do you mean, not all the time? For you know, at least for. When is um, what? Just great for asking for a friend. When is it not appropriate? <laughs> when the uh, when your wife is going to kill you, then maybe you want to you tone it down just a little bit. But I loved the beginning of uh, a podcast I heard uh, last week on Friday, Unrelenting. It's an excellent show. With oh, uh, those guys, <laughs> they never know when to shut up. And I miss. I mean, I miss parts of it because I had the AC guy here. He's still hopefully going to track down the leak. Also, their audio quality was crap compared to this show. I know this show is way better, but I like the start of that show with uh, Gene saying, well, you know, people get the uh, the impression that I don't like you, Bemrose. You're like, it's not that I don't like you. I just think you're, what do you say, an arrogant prick? (laughs) And you're like, but I am an arrogant prick. (laughs) <laughs> and then it was like it went on and on like that and then you agreed about everything so uh, yeah i did that was the thing that made that show suck was they like the only topic that we could find that we didn't agree on was big tits versus small tits right there you go this is the uh the types of topics that will have men at each other's throats and 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 i would like to point out that's the first time that topic's ever come up on unrelenting and your ratings went up by 75 points <laughs> they did the, there's no question it was a very largely downloaded episode because i think people were hoping for like you go to nascar to see the wrecks yeah i think people were hoping for the drama but you guys did not give them the wrestling wwe style drama you gave them a love train it was like what the hell is this well and and one of the other things that we agreed on which i mean again frustrating but gene and i agreed that we both hate you yeah i mean that's really that's the only way it works because otherwise you couldn't do a show that's not as fun i mean like larry and i do a great show i think but there's none of that drama there it's just like oh hey i dig you larry larry's like hey i dig you and it's like that people are like but it's larry that 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 makes it a good show no matter what right as long as larry's there it all works but the uh it is the back and forth it is the uh and i think people misconstrue gene a little bit because his delivery is way different than yours and mine way different than larry's gene's delivery is way more dry and he is he is animated as much as like some of that anime i guess cold acid watches gene's always talking very quietly very slowly making points leaving long pauses between words and it's a different delivery where 
I am just a, and I think you are kind of more nonstop rapid fire. And I think people like that a little bit more. I think it's a little bit more exciting. The only time that I'm not talking is, is well, when I'm getting up to pee, honestly. Right. If like, if you don't hear Ryan for more than 90 seconds, it was a big cup of coffee. Yes, it was a big cup of coffee, but I thought otherwise was a good show. And I mean, I like Gene's delivery. I like uh, really for all the different people that I podcasted with everything, every one different, everyone brings something different to the table and which makes it fun. I mean, I, to, I know JCD says I'm deluded, but uh, I mean, I'm just delusional. D- d- deluded or deluded. Yes. Deluted to be or honest, deluded? The, the biggest surprise to me after the unrelenting show last Friday was learning that I was being a Russian apologist. <laughs> well, that's why CSP will by, never. by saying that I don't know. I heard from CSP. He will never donate to this show ever again because of you. And he will never donate to unrelenting because of Gene. But he Be- will continue. Because we're both Russian apologists. Is that? Yes. He'll continue to donate to my other shows. But you two co-hosts are not. Ver- you are not good. Non-verboten. Or what, what, do you, what would you say in? Uh, Non-verboten. Yeah. So- that's. Persona a gratin. Yes, that's what you are. You you does not want any of that. And I'm like, I don't care. That's cool. I mean, I don't donate to every podcast either. I mean, just donate to the ones you like. That's cool. That's fine. Uh, That does seem to be. uh, In fact, that is, in fact, uh, uh, a key piece of the free market is that you only give money to people that you want a trade, you know, an interaction, a contract with or the government. yeah, oh, they, well, they kind of bring guns. No, that that in fact is theft. It's it's a crime. It it should not happen in a free society, but it does. Taxation with representation is theft. Exactly. Wait, well, represent. What are you? What's representing you? Because I have none. <laughs> oh no, I have. Uh, There's nobody representing me in the government. I assure you. I mean, we have state senators. I, they're not good, but we have. Yeah, them. Are they representing you? Well, technically, I rest yes. my case. Are, are, do they represent my views? No. Do they represent me as far as they represent the state that I'm in where I have very little choice on who's going to actually win the elections? Then no. Because no. this is a, this is this one of them. States. Are they representing anybody other than themselves and their campaign donors? Yeah, the Didn't far leftist so. uh, nuts jobs. That's, uh, that's what you have in Illinois, California, New York. Oh, oh, representative corruption and people representing only themselves and their campaign contributors. That's not a left versus right thing. I really should uh, get into politics. All politicians do it. Yeah, I know. I should run for something. I should run for you, office. Or you should run from something. I'm not sure which. <laughs> for both. Maybe both. Uh, but this is a value for value show, which is really hard to believe because we only had one donation. So, I mean, it's value. So clearly, we're not generating much value. I know. And and I know that that our next show is also going to have crap for donations because the only group of people who are can be counted on to always donate happen to be other podcasters. And I just called them all out for their pew, pew, pew. <laughs> so we're never going to get another donation again. You all suck. Boosting's horrible. Don't ever do it. And they're like, OK. Oh, wait, no, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to our show. No, no. Right. Would, right. I mean, you definitely want to come in to, uh, to our show. Yeah. What I really mean is stop giving money to Darren. Oh, right. shit. <laughs> right. See, that that hurts you as well now, because then it's like CSB, like he's cutting me off because he doesn't like you or Gene. It's OK. That's why I do so many shows that way that you can always find a way to donate. If You're you, deluded. If you like unrelenting, <laughs> but you hate Gene, donate to the rock and roll pre-show. 
If you like grumpy, if you hate like Ryan, but you like grumpy old Ben's, donate to the rock and roll pre-show or random Actually, thoughts. If, if you hate Ryan and never want to hear any more, then donate. donate enough that I don't do the show anymore. I'm right. like, I'm done. Donate to angry tech news with the request. Don't ever do more shows. <laughs> if you send in enough money, absolutely works. But we yes. got a, everybody has this price. I'm not going to name mine, but I am opening bids. Yes. And when somebody reaches that, you will uh, acknowledge that when you get I'll to the stop right podcasting. point. If, if, if the money's right, I'll stop podcasting. We're good. Okay. Go the, on. You were, you were about to do a segment. A brand new $10 and 10 cent monthly donation was started by Stacy Baronettis of the Common Core, who is right over the border here in Indiana from me. Says she has some family that lives in the same town that I do here. So, I mean, it's a small world. I wouldn't want to paint it, but it's a small world. And she sent a nice note which said uh, that uh, she wanted to get off her lazy behind and set up a monthly donation in honor of grumpy old Ben's coming back on the air. I really enjoy the banter you and Ryan share and hope you keep it up. Consider my small token encouragement and know that folks are listening. Even the quiet ones, which today Stacy, you being the only donor. Oh my God. Is this a, uh, is a fantastic sentiment. Stacy is a better listener than everybody in the troll room. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> you people all suck. Uh, she did the last episode. Uh, was now great. that I said that I should, ch- I should check who's boosted during this show before I say shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are a few, uh, but Stacy works as a trainer at a bank over in Indiana and said, she's heard a lot of stories about my bank's uh, transition. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I bet she's got stories. So, uh, you know, it's uh, one of those things that things have kind of calmed down a little bit. It doesn't mean I'm not actively looking for a new bank. But she also said, uh, you know, to spread the love around to you, Larry and Jean, that uh, is all very much appreciated. We thank you, Stacy, for listening mainly because we're going to do these because shows. Anyway. Most people don't have the patience for that. Yes. And we're going to do the shows anyway. It just is kind of the way it works out. Um, Booberry, another boost. I mean, I like Boo. He's been boosting. And I will say nice. this, I mean, the boost over the last week, and I don't know because I can only do this in uh, so many ways to figure out, but I think that over the last week we've gotten each about 20 bucks in sats. So that's still pretty decent with these Satoshis and boosts coming in. And uh, Boobery had a boostergram here. Epic. Look, I need money. Redonkulous. It's sensational. I don't, I don't know what that we all need I, the, money. Those, and thank you, Booberry. Those are, in fact, words. And C. Brooklyn says, it's so hot. It, it's I hot. am with you. In fact, uh, no, I'm not with you because it's probably cooler here than anywhere else in the country outside of Alaska. And I'm still sweating. So. And a millennial 8,008 sats deposit this load in your spank bank. I don't know if that's how that works. Any millennial. I, I will do my best, though. Happy grumpy old Ben's day, a 3333 from Carolyn. Carolyn Blaney of the Hog Story Blaney is now once a week. I guess they're cutting back too because lack of donations. People should really donate to Hog Story more. Yeah, well, I, I mean, that's always been true. <laughs> I thought you were going to go in a completely different way with that one. And I'm glad. Yeah, you I thought about it. And then I went, nah, <laughs> we like Carolyn and we tolerate John Fletcher. Right. Carolyn's sweet. Fletcher. Yeah. I mean, he screams Fletcher's, good. Fletcher's sweet. He's sweet like chili sauce is sweet. Yeah. 
when he puts on them tight bicycle shorts and dances around. And moving on. You can support this show by going to grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate. It's easy. Click that donate button, do a one-time or monthly donation via PayPal. Use the QR codes or wallet addresses to do the crypto thing. Use the P.O. Box address if you want to send cash in the mail or checks or whatever is your thing. And, of course, Grumpy Old Benz is on Patreon. John Dvorak and Adam Curry hate Patreon, but Patreon.com slash Grumpy Old Benz. They hate the idea. They talked about that the other day of the the bonus episodes, and I'm like, Larry does great bonus episodes. It doesn't work (laughs) for everybody. I'll give you that. But I believe that what we're getting into right now in podcasting, because you're seeing it with all podcasts, if there's anybody in the troll room that has a podcast that disagrees with this, let me know. But I believe that donations and support is on a downward turn because of the economy. Yeah, because everything's on a downward turn. And if that's not true for a podcast, I'd love to know because I'd love to know what you're doing. The people out there are being forced to make the rational decision of uh, do I buy groceries this week or do I donate to grumpy old Ben's? And well, obviously I think you should donate to grumpy old Ben's. Unfortunately, if you could lose a few pounds though, I mean, then go to with the grumpy old Ben's donation and make your health better. But I don't mind Uh, the, the Patreon concept. I think. Did you mention that uh, there was also a, a 1000 set boost from blue douche? No, was there a blue douche douche? I saw a blue douche uh, boost. No message though. Ooh, yeah. that's interesting. Just mentioning. I think only the messages show up on this uh, particular thing that I've got here. And- but we thank blue douche as well. But I think that we're going into a slightly different time period where the value for value as everything else is going to be hurt a little bit. And I believe that shows. And I could be totally wrong. Well, Larry will let me know. I mean, we could ask your buddy Carl over in Rochester. Carl from, started taking ads again. Ooh, that son of a bitch. But he also <laughs> also has Patreon and he's doing okay on Patreon. Yeah, he's he's doing a lot better than we are on Patreon. And what I would like to know is, does the Patreon fall off for the people that are providing content that you cannot get for free? I have a theory. That even though donations are going to go down overall, the people that put out content that is behind the paywall will actually do better. I, I'm not sure about that. Uh, I was just going to say Patreon is is also down for a lot of people. I read an article about that. Interesting. But it is stickier because Patreon only charges once a month and relies on inertia true so you you don't have to make that buying decision over and over and over again it just if you do nothing it happens right right which which is something that that uh, a lot of bean counters and and capitalists figured out a very long time ago is if you just collect money from people without putting the decision of whether or not they it's still worth it in front of them you can collect money a lot longer from people who don't care bluetooth says his message is no more bemros and gene shows I mean, do you mean together or overall? For I, both I think of them? he means that Planet Rage should be your only podcast. <laughs> that could be. We should just do Planet Rage five times a week. And then I'd we, listen. Would, we would really take off. But I think that having the bonus content, if you will, I mean, it can't just be like three minutes a month. But for the people that are putting out one or two shows a month or more, I think that will keep a base that will pay the five or ten bucks a month because they're getting something back for it. The value for value, I believe works best 
when the economy is good. When the economy is bad, you might have to give people an incentive. And I could be totally well, wrong. I know this is going against a lot of the stuff other people believe, but I don't think you're totally wrong. Well, that's a first. <laughs> this is this is Oh no, you you've you've got once in a while you get something right. I'm just not willing to say that you're completely right on this case because I did it, it would pass it would set a bad precedent. Um, the value for value is not the unique part of this equation. Uh, this is something that has been observed amongst, you know, in every economic upturn and downturn is that uh, any kind of voluntary gift type things, whether it be uh, donations or tithing or uh, value for value, no matter what Adam swears, it should not be a tip. But a lot of people think of it as tips and we still call it donations. Um, it's an amplifier for the overall economy. If the economy goes up 1%, then, uh, you know, donations to churches, which is where this stat originally came from, goes up 10%. And if the economy goes down 1%, then donations to charities, churches, etc., goes down 10%. So it, it is absolutely an amplifier. And uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but the economy is starting to go down. And so anybody who makes their bones in donations or tips or value for value, which is now a new name for it. Right. Um, you're going to see an amplification of the downturn. So I would say if you have the ability to do so, support your favorite podcast, whether it is Grumpy Old Ben's Unrelenting, Random Thoughts, The Rock and Roll Pre-Show, Hog Story, Behind the Schemes, The Bowls with Buds, and... Uh, the, what, Are you rare name all of them because I want to keep. I want to hear you keep going. Rare encounter, you think? Would you would you add rare encounter? The Lotus Effect. I, would you add that? You would put in uh, Nick the Rat Show, DH Unplugged. You would have uh, the what is uh, the No Agenda Millennials podcast? Was that the MMO podcast? M- yeah, MMO. I was wondering if you were going to get that one. Yep. Yeah, I mean this. There's a lot of them out there. This keep, is keep it up. Keep it up. I bet you can get more. There's more. Is there really, are, no. there, are there more that the, I know there's a canary uh, cry. You got to have those guys. Uh, you've got, we the, have those Canadian have, guys, those, the good ones, Darren and the other one up in Canada, we have 44, 44 shows in the playlist and 16 that do live shows Our big dumb mouth. Yeah. There's that too. Yeah. Um, in fact, six, 16 that do live shows, is actually uh, going to make me do work because it's causing some interesting contention on the live stream uh, input connection. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just a little, uh, just a little jiggling of the handles to get everybody their yeah. own logins. The, the problem is that you and I are the only ones who can jiggle the handle. Right. But um, I, I, I promised I'd mention this. A, a podcast last night that uh, was, was broadcasting right after DH unplugged, which I'm not going to name which podcast it was um, managed to wedge the stream and get it broken. And the only way to fix it is to jiggle the handle by rebooting something. You know, the, the standard it dude named Ben solution. Yeah. Did you, try did you turn it, it off, off and back again. on again? Yeah. Yes, I did. <laughs> and yes, I did. Uh, uh, so I, a quick PSA to anybody out there podcasting who might want to podcast on the no agenda stream, make sure that your butt is sounding in stereo. Yes, always send stereo unless you request specifically a mono connection because for if, whatever if, reason that breaks. If things. your butt emits a signal in mono, then see a doctor immediately. Oh, yeah. well, I mean, don't even use butt. Use mix. Mix is way better than mix. Butt. Works. Yeah. 
what, whatever the case is, do not connect in mono because what happens if anybody does that, and I shouldn't say this because now we're going to, now you know, everybody's going to do this, exposing a vulnerability and somebody's going to DDoS our shit. But if you try to connect in mono, it will bork of the stream and nobody can connect until the next reboot. And then everybody is sad. And, and then everybody's sad because they don't get to listen to your great show. But support all the damn shows that you listen to. I mean, I know a lot of people think that it's got to be big time donations. And those are always great. I mean, if you're out there right now thinking, hey, I have an extra $10,000 and I don't know what to do with it. Hey, this is the show for you. But this is where the podcasting 2.0 stuff, I think, can really shine, which is stream sats. You know, even at a smaller amount, if a bunch of people really start getting into that and really embracing that, it can make a really big difference. And it does. If you listen to some of the shows, the ones that I bitched about earlier in this episode, they are getting way more boosts than we are and are well, actually nicer, making to be fair. Huh? They're nicer, to be fair. Well, that doesn't take much. They're, <laughs> low they're, bar, if, really low bar. If, if you listen to some of the other shows that really play up their boost, I mean, they are making a, a non-trivial amount of, of Bitcoin from this system. And so obviously the, the root of all of my bitching and whining about them from earlier is, is obviously jealousy. It's, you know, I, I hate their pew pew sounds because I want to date them. Oh, you're right. You want the pews. I mean, light up the boost. Yes. I, somebody did. I think, was it for this I'm just show? jealous that we're not getting pews all the time. Somebody, and I, I'm sorry because I don't remember who it was. I could probably look it up, but somebody sent in a boost and it wasn't during the show. So it was listening to a uh, recording of a show that sent a boost. And the comment was just Darren said boost. I'm like, wait, does that work? <laughs> I mean, if that works, I should just say boost all the damn time. Yeah, this was back. Um, yeah, then it wouldn't work. Yeah, that was for grumpy old Ben's. From great iron Chris. And it just said, Darren said boost. And he sent in a hundred sats. Now, if everybody now, would do that, damn, we'd you, be in okay You understand shape. though how Murphy's law works, which is that now that you've pointed it out, it'll never work again. Probably. Ryan says boost. Yes. Yes. We can, don't confuse people. I don't understand. CSB will not yes, boost people, us anymore. People will continue. This, this is going to get Spencer to call me a hypocrite again. Oh, did he call you boosting other shows? Boost our shows. Actually, that's not hypocritical. That's just greed. But you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm just going to go down to St. Louis and I'm going to let him buy me some barbecue. It's Kansas City, but it's close enough, right? I mean, Kansas City, St. Louis, all the same thing. Something. They might disagree. Their barbecue styles may be a little bit different and we're starting a war. I don't know. I'm from the Pacific Northwest. I do not have a refined (laughs) enough palate to be able to tell the difference in barbecue between. And this is blasphemy, but I can't tell the difference between Texas barbecue and Missouri barbecue or Kansas barbecue. Omega Project yeah. request um, suggesting a new show. Now I know seven different types of of salmon, but anyway. Well, that's sorry. a lot of salmon. But uh, Omega Project thinks you should be doing a show called Boostless in Seattle, <laughs> which I think would be great. Is that not what this is? I think so. That, that, I think that's our show title. Boostless in Seattle. Yeah, Omaha. Sir Omaha just came in with a thousand sats and says pew pew. We don't have the fancy. Okay. We don't have the fancy uh, noise, though. We, On the topic of poking CSB, I do have one other story. It's wow. a short one. It's a short one. Okay. Uh, this one, I don't know if you heard. Uh, Russ Comnador, Russ Comnador, 
I, I, what? I butchered that. Can you're you gonna, spell you're gonna do that? It. No, I cannot. No. no. Uh, <laughs> the Russian disinformation bureau that is in charge of censoring the internet uh, has fined Google 21 billion rubles, which is about $370 million. Oh, yes. Spreading misinformation. Repeatedly, quote, failing to remove prohibited information. Um, Google, quote, did not take down content that discredited the armed forces of the Russian Federation. Particularly, YouTube is not censoring enough, which is something that you're never going to hear any sane, rational person say. Well, I just heard Um, you say, oh, wait, no, that's you're right then. Yeah, you heard exactly. (laughs) Uh, There was, uh, if if you recall, you may not, um, Russian law passed in March that uh, calls for social media companies to censor any information that is critical of the military and provides for fines of up to 10% of their global worldwide revenue. Uh, Because this is Google's only second time that they've been fined. Um, They, uh, the Bureau decided that they were only going to find them 15% of Google's Russian revenue and not their global worldwide. But um, so Google is poking the bear and uh, not censoring things that Russia wants censored. And I really despise saying anything good about Google, but I hope they continue to not censor, not not just because I hate censorship, but also because they might get their asses thrown out of Russia and then there will be competition in Europe again. Why would you want that <laughs> competition? Yeah, it's com- kind of critical for a functioning capitalist economy. It is. I didn't notice that. I thought it was more fun if everything was just all haywire. Well, that is more fun, but it doesn't actually, it's not actually indicative of a, a functioning economy. Oh yeah. There's that. There is that. And I do so, want to just say uh, thanks to Murray for a uh, boostagramming planet rage, which I totally missed on planet rage. I'll have to make up for that next week, but he's listening now in the troll room. Oh, thanks murray yes say thank you we have to have you on planet rage yeah i I really appreciate you boosting a show that i'm not on right we'll have you on though see that'll all work out then actually as long as as we're talking about murray boosts he did send to angry tech news the biggest boost i've ever received Ooh, recently so recently or ever well well he recently sent the biggest one i've ever received oh okay i get you now although Although there may have been people attempting to send bigger ones, they that didn't go through because my channels were terrible. And Your so channel was again, flooded. Yeah. Again, thank you to Spencer for opening a nice fat one. Hey now, and then smoking yep. it. Exactly. But thanks to Murray, okay. then Murray is a hero. Okay. Now, if we're if we're done ruining our content by talking about boosts over and over again, isn't that all our content? Isn't that wait? Isn't that oh, what yeah. podcasters are supposed no, to do? No, I was poking CSB with a, a story about Russia because I'm carrying water for Putin because. I, I'm told that that by not knowing exactly what's going on over there, I'm a Putin apologist. And well, you should always apologize. That's polite. Nope. <laughs> well, we'll see. Maybe we can change that by next week for another edition. Oh, of, you, you mean increase boosts or you mean get me to apologize for something? Maybe if we increase boosts, that'll get you to apologize. to How many? OK, what is the cost to get Ryan Bemrose to apologize for something? What what amount of boosts? Are we talking 100,000, 500,000, a million boosts? What kind uh, of sad? 20, 21 billion rubles. 21 billion. Isn't that like worth a ruble is what? Like a dollar now? No. Or is that? Uh, no. That's uh, like pennies. Uh, it's it's like uh, 12, 12 X. I'm, I'm not doing I'm not mathing off the top of my head, but. The the story I just read, 21 billion rubles is 370 million. So you, you can math that. I would just say uh, I only I only can think in sats. I, I can't do the the 
You know what? Right now I've had enough coffee that I'm choosing not to think at all. It's I'm just (laughs) toasting it from here on. Well, that's good because we've come to the end of another adventure here on Grumpy Old Benz. And we do appreciate everybody for listening, everybody for trolling along, everybody telling us we're wrong and everybody getting offended when we make fun of things they said that we don't like. It's okay. That's the way podcasts work. We will be back next week on Wednesday for another edition. But until then, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where I've drinking enough iced tea that I should be floating away. And from America's left coast, I'm Ryan Pemrose saying, ignore everything I just said and boost. Boost. Pew, 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 pew. I'm such a capitalist shill. Is that just occurring to you now or... uh...